Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. This is 7 News with Anne Sanders. Good morning. Victoria has recorded its deadliest day of the pandemic, with 21 people dying from coronavirus. As well, 410 people have caught the virus. Melina Saras is in Melbourne for us this morning. Melina, Premier Andrews has spoken, revealing the virus has spread to regional towns. Good morning, and The Premier has outlined that there are some concerns about increases in cases in some of the biggest cities outside of Melbourne, and that includes Geelong, Ballarat and Bendigo. Those areas are currently under stage three restrictions, and The Premier has urged people to limit their movement around those regional areas. Victoria recorded 410 new cases today, and 21 more people have died in the past 24 hours. 16 out of the 21 deaths are linked to aged care outbreaks. There are currently 662 Victorians in hospital and there's also a growing number of healthcare workers with coronavirus. 1,079 workers now have the virus. The Premier will provide a breakdown next week about who is getting the virus and how they are contracting it, whether it's patient to staff or staff to staff transmission. So far, the data has shown the majority of workers acquired the virus outside of the workplace. Early analysis by our uh, expert team is showing that the majority of healthcare workers are acquiring coronavirus outside of the workplace. Uh, that's, I'm not making any judgments about that, that just is what the data is telling us. There is uh, further uh, very detailed analysis going on at the moment. We've also just received an update from Victoria Police. 184 people have been fined for breaching the COVID restrictions in the past 24 hours, Anne. All right, Melina, take it easy there. Melina Saris in Melbourne. Don't ask, wear a mask, is the call from the New South Wales government. Premier Berejiklian has warned there will be harsher measures to control the virus if people don't follow advice and take precautions. Marley Hogan is in Sydney. Marley, another 18 people are recorded as having coronavirus in the state. Good morning, Anne. That's right. Of those 18 cases, 13 are linked to known clusters. One is a return traveller from overseas, two from Victoria, and another two uh, community transmission with no known source, and it's those cases that have the government concerned. One confirmed case today is another emergency health worker at Hornsby Hospital. It brings the cluster there to two. And another case today at Our Lady of Mercy College, Parramatta. The high school there will be closed for 14 days 
days to try and stop that spread. As for the cluster at Tangara School for Girls, it has now grown to 19 and health authorities are investigating if there is a possible link between the cluster here and Our Lady of Mercy College. It's understood that the students share a school bus. Now we did just hear from the Premier a short time ago and she is concerned about community transmission in southwest Sydney and western Sydney, urging people right around the state to put a mask on in situations where they cannot social distance. In places of worship we know that when people know each other and the health advice and the updates we get tell us that you have a greater chance statistically of getting the virus from somebody you know well, a friend or a contact or someone you see often, rather than a random occurrence. Some good news for New South Wales residents stuck in Victoria. When they return back to New South Wales, the government will waive their hotel quarantine fee. That will be in place for the next month. And Marley Hogan in Sydney. Thank you, Marley. New Zealand has gone back into lockdown after a family of four tested positive to coronavirus. The Auckland family contracted COVID-19 from an unknown source and at least two members of the family travelled to Rotorua and other tourism spots while showing virus symptoms. At the moment, those who are investigating in Rotorua, primarily we're looking at potentially casual contacts, whereas obviously in Auckland we are looking for the source of um, the infection at this point in time. Auckland will be on a level three lockdown for the next three days, which means that most people should stay in their household bubbles. The rest of the country is on a less restrictive level two lockdown. The Royal Commission into Aged Care has been told that hundreds of older Australians will die prematurely because the government failed to act to protect them from COVID-19. Political reporter Taylor Aiken is live in Canberra. Taylor, there's been scathing testimony over the care of our elderly. And good morning. One witness has described it as the worst disaster he has seen in his entire career, a disaster that is sadly still unfolding. Expert in geriatric medicine professor Joseph Ibrahim has slammed the government's response to preventing outbreaks in aged care homes, saying the risk was known in early March. He testified that Australia is among the worst performing nations in the world when it comes to aged care deaths from COVID-19, behind Canada, who has a death rate of 80%. I didn't think we'd sink any lower following the, the Royal Commission findings from last year, and yet we have. We have the knowledge to do better. We failed because we've treated residents as second-class citizens. There's an absence of accountability. There still is, a, and there's no consequences for failing to deliver good care in aged care. He also testified that federal regulator, the Aged Care Quality and Safety Commission, knew prior to the coronavirus pandemic that there were problems with infection control and clinical care within aged care homes, but did nothing to fix the issues. Health Department Secre Secretary Professor Brendan Murphy is also scheduled to give evidence to the Royal Commission later this afternoon. Anne. All right, Taylor, thank you for updating us. There's been a major breakthrough in the cold case murder of New South Wales teenager Michelle Bright. Not long after police offered a million dollar reward for information, a man was arrested and charged with murder. Cameron Price reports. Good morning. Two days after police announced a million dollar reward for information, a breakthrough in the cold case killing of Michelle Bright. Late last night, police arresting a 53-year-old man near Mudgee 
taking him into custody and charging him with the murder and sexual assault of Michelle more than two decades ago. The 17-year-old was last seen alive at a birthday party in her hometown of Gulgong in February 1999. Her body found dumped by the side of a road three days later. Now police believe they have the man responsible. A 53-year-old man was arrested last night about 9.30pm near Mudgee. That man was taken to Mudgee Police Station last night and has since been charged with the murder of Michelle Bright and sexual assault of Michelle as well. For the Bright family who made an emotional plea for help earlier this week, at last the chance for some closure. When the officer in charge, uh, Detective Inspector Ian Wright, was able to make that phone call to Lorraine Bright last night, um, she was in complete shock. Just couldn't believe the news. She's been waiting for that phone call for 21 years. The 53-year-old accused to face court in Mudgee today. The Commonwealth Bank has reported its full-year profit, but revealed it's starting to feel the impact of the pandemic. Network Finance Editor Gemma Acton joins us. Hello, Gemma. Anne. The CBA will be paying a lower dividend this year. Yes, and the final dividend for the bank will be 98 cents. That makes it the lowest final payout since 2006 and comes in well below last year's $2.31. But it could have been worse. The financial regulator, APRA, has encouraged banks to pay out no more than 50% of their profits during the current crisis, the Commonwealth will be paying out 49.95%, so hitting right up against that limit. In other news, the number of deferred loans has been falling in recent weeks. Currently, 135,000 home loan and 59,000 business loan CBA customers are still deferring their loan repayments. Commonwealth Bank shares are lower today, along with the rest of the ASX 200, but bank investors seem to be relieved overall by the results. The other three major banks all trading strongly higher. Anne. Gemma Acton reporting. Thanks, Gemma. Western Australia has introduced emergency legislation in a bid to protect the state from a $30 billion legal claim from Clive Palmer. The billionaire is taking legal action over decisions that he claims hurt his attempts to sell a proposed mine in the Pilbara to Chinese interests. If the cost of Mr Palmer's claim was shared equally amongst all Western Australians, it would cost every man, woman, child and baby in Western Australia more than $12,000. The proposed legislation would protect the state from liability against any current or future damages claims. In the US, Democrat presidential nominee Joe Biden has announced his pick for vice president. Senator Kamala Harris is a lawyer and the first black woman to be nominated to a major party's presidential ticket. She's already under attack by the Republicans. Here's US correspondent Paul Kadak. Good morning, Anne. Months in the making, it is a history-making choice. If elected, California Senator Kamala Harris would be the first woman, African-American and Asian-American to become vice president of the United States. This picture captures the moment Joe Biden asked Harris to be his running mate in a video chat. The 55-year-old former California Attorney General gained national prominence from her own campaign to be president, which made her Joe Biden's rival. And they clashed on racial issues during the Democratic debates. Because your city council made that decision. It was a so local decision. So that's where the federal government must step the, in. The that's why we have the Voting Rights Act and the Civil Rights Act. That's why we need to pass the Equality Act. 
Harris also faced scrutiny over her record as a prosecutor. But since dropping out of the race, Harris has backed Biden, who today called her smart, tough and ready to lead. Kamala Harris saying she was honoured and would do what it takes to make Biden commander-in-chief. In response, the current commander-in-chief posted an ad attacking Biden and Harris online, lashing out at Harris, known for some tough questioning in the Senate. She was the meanest, uh, the, the most horrible, most disrespectful of anybody in the U.S. Senate. Harris is being described as a safe choice, an experienced choice, and importantly, she's 20 years younger than Biden, who at 77 would be America's oldest president-elect. The first event of the now Biden-Harris campaign will see them appearing together tomorrow. Russia has become the first country to register a coronavirus vaccine with less than two months of human testing. President Putin says his daughter has already been inoculated. The World Health Organization is urging caution. Sarah Greenolch has more. Well, scientists fear that Russia is putting national prestige ahead of safety and science, cutting corners uh, because they are so desperate to be the first to claim victory over coronavirus. Vladimir Putin made this announcement that the country was the first to register a COVID-19 vaccine on state television. He says it is safe, it is effective, but offered no proof. Putin's daughter has had two doses of the vaccine, apart from having a fever initially. He says she is fine and has high levels of anti bodies. But human trials on the Russia vaccine have only been happening for a few weeks, less than two months. Fewer than 100 people have received the jab. Phase three clinical trials, which are considered the really key ones to proving a vaccine's effectiveness and safety, haven't even started. Russia says it will begin tomorrow. But despite all that, Putin is adamant that the vaccine will be rolled out come October and will be mass produced. Just last month, the UK, the US and Canada were accusing Russia of using hackers to steal coronavirus secrets from Western labs, a claim the country denies. Instead, it says it is now receiving foreign requests from about 20 other countries for a billion doses of its vaccine. Prince Harry and Meghan Markle had a secret night out in Sydney while they were in town for the Invictus Games in 2018, according to a new book on the couple. It reveals Harry and Meghan had a five-course dinner with friends Jessica and Ben Mulroney from Canada at the Sydney home of a real estate billionaire. The book, Finding Freedom, has now been released and contains a host of revelations about the couple and why they left the royal family. The dramatic collapse of an alpine glacier has been caught on camera in Switzerland. The ice avalanche was filmed by a teacher during an excursion at Valais in the country's south. The glacier collapse was in an area of the Swiss Alps once covered with a thick layer of ice that has become thinner in recent years. Steve Irwin's daughter Bindi has announced she's expecting her first child with husband Chandler Powell. The couple announced the happy news on Twitter with these family photos. They revealed that their baby wildlife warrior is due next year. The sales of the Sydney Opera House have been illuminated with the Cedar Tree of Lebanon to show solidarity with the people of Beirut. At least 157 people, including an Australian child, were killed by the massive chemical explosion last week. The Australian government has pledged $5 million to help Beirut recover from the disaster.